Our lesson this morning is from Esther chapter 7. Please stand. So the king and Haman went into feast with Queen Esther. On the second day, as they were drinking wine, the king again said to Esther, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have won your favor, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me. That is my petition. And the lives of my people, that is my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. If we had merely sold as slaves, men and women, I would have held my peace. But no enemy can compensate for this damage to the king. Then King Ahas Uerus said to Queen Esther, Who is he and where is he who has presumed to do this? Esther said, A foe and enemy, this wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. The king rose from the feast in wrath and went into the garden palace. But Haman stayed to beg his life from Queen Esther, for he saw that the king had determined to destroy him. When the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman had thrown himself on the couch where Esther was reclining. And the king said, Will he even assault the queen in my presence, in my own house? As the words left the mouth of the king, they covered Haman's face. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs in attendance of the king, said, Look, the very gallows that Haman has prepared for Mordecai, whose words saved the king, stands at Haman's house, 50 cubits high. And the king said, Hang him on that. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the anger of the king abated. Here ends our reading. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears, that we might hear a word for us today anew, and so that we too might then live out that which we believe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This is our third uh, week on the book of Esther, and um, I'd really like to have a show of hands to see who's read it, but I won't uh, embarrass the entire congregation other than Pastor Hub, who's read it three times, I'm sure. But if you have not yet read it, I implore you to go home and read this book before you go to bed tonight. It's short. Go find your Bible on the shelf. It's in the Old Testament, and go home and read it for a whole bunch of different reasons. I hope that uh, I can implore you to do that tonight. Uh, There are lots of people who have said throughout history, and they're not wrong, that in many ways the Bible is very patriarchal. However, there are a number of really important examples of faithful, powerful, important women in these stories. And Esther and Vashti are two of them. As I told the kids, it is true, Queen Vashti speaks with the voice of God into humiliation, subjugation, and persecution. She speaks with the voice of God. And Queen Esther also speaks with the voice of God and saves her minority immigrant people from genocide and slaughter. There's a reason this book is in the Bible, and you should read it. 
It is indeed written in comic book proportions, and these two women are superheroes of the faith, superheroes of God's hall of justice, faithful, positive, powerful, strong examples of God's voice speaking faith and life into the world. You should read this book. In that same line of women, I want to pause for just a second this morning and say thank you to my colleagues, to Pastor Joanna, to Kay, to Sean, and to Emily. As a family of faith, as who we are, as people of God, we should strive to model the kingdom of God that he so hopes and desires becomes enacted and actually happens in the world. Now, I know that we aren't perfect as a family of faith, nor is your family perfect. Trust me, I know you and I know us. We are not perfect. Don't get me wrong. But I am thankful that you and I live and breathe in a faithful place with courageous, compassionate voices of women who lead. If you didn't listen or weren't here for Pastor Joanna's past two sermons, you need to go hear them. The first one is online. You can get it on iTunes. There's actually indication on how to do that in your bulletin. The second one, unfortunately, didn't get recorded, so you're going to get flooded with emails for a copy. You should read it. It seems weird to me that I should feel compelled to point out the faithful, courageous voices of women who lead in our family of faith, but these days, I'm not sure that I should take anything for granted. But I am thankful and grateful for these superheroes of God's hall of justice, these faithful women who speak and lead on our behalf and in our family. Please, join me in saying thank you for their voices. Now, if you do go and read the book of Esther tonight, you're going to notice that the end of the story is unfortunately filled with violence. One of the unfortunate parts of the biblical witness, or maybe the unfortunate part of humanity's witness, is that violence often plays a prominent role. There is a genocide that is plotted against the immigrant minority Jewish people and it turns out that that genocide is then replaced by a decree that the Jews may instead rise up and protect themselves. And in fact, it results in what the biblical story of Esther recounts as a two-day slaughter. Now, I wish with all my heart that there was no ordained violence in the Bible. I also wish there was no ordained violence in our world. While on the one hand, to our ears, that two-day slaughter sounds and rightly indeed feels so incredibly violent, to the ears of those days, many scholars point out that an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth was considered actually merciful justice. And this is what that two-day slaughter is. In fact, the Bible goes out of its way to point out that after the two-day slaughter, none of the Jews take any of the plunder, which strangely would have been viewed as entirely compassionate, merciful, just, and even out of their way. And yet at the same time, this violence still makes us feel uncomfortable, which, to tell you the truth, I'm grateful for. 
If it didn't make us feel uncomfortable, I would be worried. And it is the case that there is less violence in the world today. Our sense of violence and persecution has evolved and changed, and yet, and yet, there is a significant part of me that hopes that the ordained violence of what we call surgical strikes by unarmed drones that still kill innocent children and women and people, I wish and I would hope that a thousand years from now, 500 years from now, 50 years from now, a generation from now, we as a family and humanity have so evolved that that feels like violence beyond measure. Because in fact, it is. Every generation must determine what is justice. And every generation, in fact, must determine what a just war looks like, for humanity is not perfect. And we're forced to ask the question, does sometimes loving our neighbor require us to stop other neighbors? Is it compassionate and courageous to speak as Queen Esther does, to stop? Is it compassionate and courageous to say no, using God's voice as Queen Esther does? My fear, however, these days is along the lines of our tolerance for verbal violence, especially given our saturated social media soup that we dine on far too often, flicking open our phones to Facebook in the feed that is fed with the soup of violence verbally and otherwise far too often. The prophets of old wondered if God's people had become so numb that they didn't know how to blush. It is the wisdom of our faithful forebearers to speak kindly. There is a sense, I think, of the humility of saints who have felt deeply their own flaws before the mirror of God's hoped-for perfection and seen the fractures of even their highest and most faithful acts and spoken then with humility. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that there are some who have felt the weight of violence upon their bodies, upon their ears, and upon their souls. God speaks kindly and gently to you, tenderly begging you to be safe, to flee, and find shelter. At the same time, I know that there are some who have felt the weight of anger and violence and hatred in their own fists and their own hearts, and heard it even in their own voices, booming characters of visceral violence, saturated on social media with the flick of a finger. God speaks to us also. Be still, and know that I am God, 
and not you. With the voice of a father's loving discipline, hopeful words of, dare I say, humiliation, transformation, for those who are willing to expose our violent hearts will repent in humility and therefore feel God's love. Jesus speaks so clearly into the fists of rage. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. All of us are called to let our anger dissipate into the shadow of the cross, where all violence finally goes to die. Therefore, people of God, I implore you, speak kindly as God has so spoken to you. Speak with courage as God has scattered the darkness with a simple word of love. Live with forgiveness as God has so forgiven you. Live with bold welcoming hearts for your neighbor whether they are Swedish immigrants or Norwegian immigrants or Somali immigrants or German immigrants or Jewish or atheist or Buddhist or even Methodist. Live with the hope that your lives, your words, and your actions matter. Because it is often the case that God's voice is Queen Vashti's voice. Because it is often the case that God's voice is Queen Esther's voice. Because it is often the case that God's voice is your voice. Amen.